for small businesses, sometimes that's a really hard ceiling to break. Whereas in community, it gives you the opportunity to really amplify things, to really make people feel like they belong to something, which is even stronger than, hey, I really like this brand. And that's where the resilience comes in. It seems like everyone is adding a community or a membership to their product lineup these days. And it's a great idea because it diversifies your revenue stream, allows you to be in direct conversation with your customers, and it scales pretty easily. But is adding a community right for your business? And what makes a good community anyway? I'm Susan Bowles, and you're listening to Break the Ceiling, the show where we break down unconventional strategies you can use to save time, boost your profit, and increase your operational capacity. We've been talking about risk and resilience this month, how you can manage risk and build resilience into your business. And one of the ways to make your business less risky is to build in more than one way you make money, add some additional revenue streams, so that if something happens to one of those sources, the other ones can float you for a while so you can figure out what to do next. In the last episode, I talked to Joanne Holmes about how to leverage your intellectual property to create additional revenue streams like courses, licensing, or books. But harnessing your IP isn't the only way you could add additional revenue or build resilience into your business. Today, we're talking about another option, building a community product around your business. Having a community as part of your business model can help create or fortify your sales pipeline. It can create another revenue stream, or it can just get you directly in touch with customers so that every product or service you create can exactly meet what your customers are looking for. Communities build all kinds of resilience into your business, not just your income streams. But if you're going to create a community, according to my guest today, you better make sure it's got a job description. Meet Sophie Bougeau. She is an entrepreneur and consultant with more than 18 years of experience in online community building, customer experience, and digital strategy. As the founder of Clickworthy, Sophie helps creative entrepreneurs gather with impact through outstanding online community experiences. And today we're talking about if you should create a community for your business, where that community should live inside your business model, and how to create a great one. Hey, Sophie, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. So we're talking a little bit about where community belongs in your business model, but I think it's important to kind of start at the beginning and mm -hmm. talk about what is community? You know, what does that mean to, to you? You know, wh what, what does a community mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I think, thank you for asking, because um, in the work that I do, definitely, that's one of the biggest um, misconceptions in terms of like, what am I actually building? Um, so what I get as a community strategist very often is, can you help me build out my Facebook or my Twitter or whatever else? And that um, is when I have to come in and really start explaining that what they're trying to build is an audience and not a community. So for me, a community uh, is a place where people naturally gather around a common circumstance, uh, interest or a cause. 
Um, and it's a lot more organic than, let's say, an audience that is following you on social media. So if you think of social media as being a stage where you can be the person on stage speaking to a crowd, maybe there's a couple people in the crowd that are speaking to one another. But generally speaking, once you stop speaking, people exit the room and go on their merry way. With a community, it's a lot more decentralized. You are no longer the person on the stage. You are in the room with everyone else. You might be the person who organized the event, um, but you are definitely part of the crowd and everyone is interacting with one another. There's a more organic nature to it. Um, and really, the hallmark of a really good community is if we take the leader out of it, will people continue to want to communicate with one another and connect with one another? And can the community survive on its own without having that central leadership piece? Um, and that's something that a lot of people don't realize when they're thinking about community because community has been used for so many things over the last little while. Oh, I love that. And I, I think... Um, that really captures at least my experience being in some communities and the ones that I loved the most were ones where I originally joined for, you know, access to the the person, right? Yeah. Um, but the value that I got out of the community was actually everybody else um, and interacting with them. And you're right. If you took out the, the host, I, I didn't really notice it much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's not to say that they're, they weren't amazing people or leaders yeah. or that I didn't enjoy interacting with them as a member of the community or value their expertise, but that they had created such an engaged community. They had curated it where mm -hmm. the people that I wanted to interact with were there. And it wasn't just them. It was everybody else that was participating in the space. Yeah, and you said a word there that's really important, and um, that is the word curation. Um, mm. I think for the type of communities that I've helped build, that's been one of the hallmarks, is that the person leading the community has been the expert curator. So if I go back to kind of my example of being on stage, um, when you're building an audience, you're kind of the person on stage with the spotlight on you. When you're building a community, you have this amazing opportunity as the leader of that community to shine the spotlight on other people. Um, and the communities that are the strongest are the ones where the leader can do that really well and really bring out the talent that's already in the room and the, you know, the insights or the input that is already in there um, and giving them, you know, a place to speak and a place to shine. Mm, I love that. So in our conversation before this interview, you mentioned that if you're going to have a community as mm -hmm. part of your business model, that it should have a job description. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the, and, and this is especially in the context of business. It's completely different if you're starting um, a crafting community or something related to one of your hobbies. But in, in terms of business, I think what I've seen over and over again is people coming to me and saying, you know, I've built this thing and it's grown into something, but I'm spending hours upon hours like nurturing it and it's not bringing anything back to my business. Um, and, and for some of them, they're fine with that and that's okay. But for others, they're like, you know, I built this community as a part of what I do in business. 
Um, and that's where I think the job description comes in. So for me, when I'm helping someone build a community that's going to be intertwined with what they do business-wise, I tell them, let's actually create a job description for your community. And the reason that that's important is because you wouldn't hire a team member without getting really clear on what their job is. And the reason that you do that is because you need to be able to evaluate whether or not it's doing its job effectively for you. So if you're not clear on what the community needs to do for you as much as your membership, you're kind of building something blind on one side. Um, and, and you know, that that usually leads to building something that ends up, you know, sucking up your time and not being something that you end up enjoying because it's not generating anything for you as well. Mm. So that brings up kind of an interesting point about, you know, when you are considering uh, mm -hmm. building a community or building that kind of a um, part of your business, when you're thinking about expanding your business model to include that in some yes. form or fashion, um, how, how should you, how should your business model kind of inform or determine the kind of community, if any, you should be building? Yeah. And there's not, uh, a single answer to that, but definitely, um, you know, if I think of, of the process I go through with clients, for instance, um, the first thing we do is we get clear of on like, what do you need this community to do for you? And what does your customer or your, your existing tribe need to get from it as well? Like what's the value exchange between the two? Um, and then once that's done, we can actually map out, okay, at what point in your business do people need that connection the most? And for, for each person, that's going to be a different point. Like some people say, you know what, people really need it before they work with me because they need to work through a couple things and they need to connect with other people who are working through similar things to help them kind of percolate and formulate a plan before they are actually ready to consume any of my more advanced services. And for other people, they say, no, that the help in percolating and creating the plan is what I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, it would benefit people or it would benefit my clients to have this tight knit community uh, around them as they're going through the process with me. And I can do that within a group setting or whatever else. And that's where like group programs and things like that start. Um, really being the, the the thing that people latch onto. But at the same time is if you can think of that as your guiding posts, like the, the where do people need to have connection in order to be able to, you know, benefit from what I have to say or benefit from what others have to say and contribute and um, really use that as the, the, kind of measuring stick for where your community actually lies. And it's it's pretty funny because um, working with clients, I have a visual exercise that helps us kind of lay out that whole process. Um, and for me, it becomes very instinctual. Once we have it all laid out, typically um, clients will tell you I have a moment where I'm like, this is where your community lives in your whole business. This is where it needs to be. And they go, how do you like, how do you even zone in on that? And I think part of its experience, but also like it becomes really obvious once you lay out everything you do in your business, where are those points of 
I guess, communing, I'm going to invent, invent a word uh, this morning, it, it, it gets really obvious where those connection points need to be and how you can support people through it. So really let what you're offering and, and how you want to guide people through whatever service or product or whatever else um, you have to offer guide where that point of community really lies. I like that. So thinking about, you know, the different places where community could be in your business, can you talk me through some of the kind of common Mm -hmm. um, places that that might live, that people might think about um, putting a community in? Yeah. uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got a couple places. For some people, the community lies, like I said, pre-service. Um, and that's where they're gathering people in something like a free Facebook group or Slack community or, or whatever tool you want to be using that it doesn't really matter. But um, it's an entry point into what they have to offer. And it's an entry point because they're using the community as a way to spark conversation and usually... Um, it's used as a tool to help people like work through things that they need to work through before they need to access the service, um, or to create a quick win or, you know, that kind of experience. Um, other people will find that like people will benefit from the experience of others throughout everything that they want to teach or everything that their mission is about. So, you know, for some communities, and I know you're, you've been part of some, like the community is the product, you pay to access it, because the person's mission warrants that they create a space to bring people together around a common theme, and to then share content and share experiences that help people learn through their journey and, and like, you know, go along the path of that mission. And that becomes the central piece in the business. And then for others, the community kind of lies within one of their offerings. Um, And I'm thinking specifically of like communities that are attached to specific courses or um, online experiences that have like a learning journey that goes along with the path of the community. And those tend to be the three most common models. Um, that I've seen in business anyways. Uh, but obviously there's, there's a million and one ways to, to set up your communities, um, you know, for, for whatever your mission is really at that point. Mm. So community, we're sort of talking about, um, let's, let's talk about kind of paid sorts of versions, I think. Yeah, Um, maybe I'm wrong there. But how do you see having a community as part of your business? kind of building resiliency into that business? How do you how do you see those interacting? So that's a it's a really interesting uh, question. It's something I've obviously been talking about a lot recently in light of everything that's going on um, in the world. And I think where community really lies, it, 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 it ends up being similar to an audience in that the more you can help people see you as a valuable piece of their puzzle, the more they're likely to stick around. Right? That's kind of a very Mm -hmm. basic concept of of marketing and, and building trust. But with community, the opportunity that you have is because you've put yourself at the center as a curator, 
And if you're very good at bringing in the right people, the value doesn't go away as easily as if you just stop the Facebook ads. Because you've built people who believe in whatever you're building, you've built people who believe in your mission, you've built people who believe in one another. Um, and if you do it right, especially like because where I'm focusing on the, the paid side or the membership side, let's say, if you do it right, um, even when the going gets tough, people tend to stick around because those are the people that are supporting them. Hmm. Um, whereas if you're just doing a marketing campaign that's selling product or that is, um, you know, promoting you as a brand, they might stick around if you be- they believe in your brand. And, and communities have formed around just pure brands more than once. You know, you think about the, the Nikes and the GoPros of this world. They have very strong communities around them. Um, and, and they can, but that is a lot of work. It's a lot of investment. And for small businesses, sometimes that's a really hard um, ceiling to break. Whereas in community, it gives you the opportunity to really amplify things, um, to really make people feel like they belong to something, which is even stronger than, hey, I really like this brand. And that's where the resilience comes in. I think it's in that feeling that people want to stick around because they're getting value of it. They're getting support. And um, in some of the times, especially right now, with when the going gets tough in the communities that I've seen that have been able to build this sense of belonging, um, they haven't had as much problems with attrition and people, you know, dropping off because they realize that they need the people that are around them. Um, mm. And I think that's the that's the key, right, is being being able to create that space where they feel like this is where like my people are and this is where I'm going to be supported. Um, and that's where the resilience really comes in. Interesting. Yeah, for me, I guess I had always kind of thought of it as, you know, an additional revenue stream. So from yeah. the <laughs> um, financial perspective, you know, I'm going, oh, it's not a bad idea to have um, different versions of the ways that people can interact with you or work with mm-hmm. you so that, you know, if something happens and people need a lower price point, there's an option. If they're ready to do a higher price point, you know, nothing goes away entirely. But I'd never really thought about it as um, inside the community creating such a great environment that people aren't willing to leave it, which I've definitely I have done that where I'm like, I will cut other things. I'm not. Yeah. This one thing. like, <laughs> I will I'm, cut my Starbucks <laughs> before I cut this community. Yep. yep. That's happened. Yes. I Like I've been in those communities where I'm like, I will cut other things. I will cut a lot of other things that will hurt a lot more um, yeah. than giving up my community. And yeah. I, I think that's a really, um, it's just, I'd never really thought of resiliency in that way. And I just love that. <laughs> Yeah. And I think the other thing too, um, there's a gentleman in the community space. His name is Richard Millington. He is the leader of Feverbee, which is a huge um, consultancy for uh, communities. And one of the things he likes to explain to people is that a lot of people join communities because they're typically looking for an answer to a problem they have. Um, or they're looking for, like they have a question that they need an answer to, but that's not why they stay long-term. 
what they stay for is really for, you know, they'll stick around if the community is really good to speaking to who they want to become. Mm. And I think that, especially in the context of business, is really important to understand is that, you know, for most communities, people will come into them uh, in the business context because they do have that one question, you know, how do I get more clients? How do I do this? You know, why is it important for me to do these things? And they'll typically stumble across the community because they're Googling something or whatever else. But the reason they stay around is because that community is speaking to the person they want to be. And that could be because the leader of the community is shining the spotlight on success stories that are happening in the community and like helping them understand how they can get there as well. Um, It could be because it speaks to like something they want to add in their business um, that hasn't been there before. But generally speaking, if you can do that, the journey of your community member will be a lot longer. And I think that falls into the resilience conversation as well in terms of like if you're thinking of it strictly from a revenue perspective of like asking yourself as the leader of that community, how can I speak to who my user wants to become and help them along that journey in a way that is visible to them and really valuable um, in terms of helping them get there. Now what? That's the question I hear from a lot of service-based business owners. Maybe you've been asking yourself, now what too? You've built your business from the ground up and your business works but maybe it's not growing. Maybe you keep bumping into a ceiling on how many clients you can take on and how much money you can make. And maybe now you're even wondering if your business has staying power. You might be keenly aware of how small challenges could easily balloon into big problems as the market and economy change. I help entrepreneurs decide how to take action so they can build a more resilient business that's primed for growth. I combine strategic thinking with a background in business finance, data, and operations to see the patterns that have your business bumping against a growth ceiling. I'll show you exactly what you can do to break through and make more money, all while making sure the foundation under your business is strong. I have a few new client openings for my quarterly or monthly advisory packages this month. When you work with me, I'll examine your financial reports to spot opportunities. We'll talk about where you're feeling friction and discover ways you can reclaim your time and your attention. We'll dig into how to scale your operations without sacrificing quality so you can increase your capacity and make more money. And each action you take will be informed by strategic financial insight and data-driven operational planning. The result, you'll feel wildly capable and in control, and you'll finally break through that ceiling. Ready to learn more about working with me as your business growth advisor? Go to scalespark.co slash advisor. Talk me through kind of the evaluation process that you should go through if you are thinking about whether or not building a community into your business is the right choice for you right now. Mm -hmm. I think the, the most important question, and it's one of the simpler ones, is asking yourself why you feel like community is a good thing. Like, why does this community need to exist for you? And not just for you, but for other people as well. So I always balance on, on both sides of the coin, because I do think a community 
needs to serve both the community leader and the community. And like the experience that you create lies at the intersection of that. Um, So really think hard. If your answer is, well, I just need to sell more of my thing, that typically is not the right answer um, to start building your community. If the answer is more at the intersection of, I really want to connect with the people who believe in my mission, or I want to create connection between the people who think that what I have to offer is valuable, you're on a better track. Um, And then I think the following question is, do I have the time to invest in nurturing this community? And I'm going to use another analogy because that's my thing. But think of your community as a dinner party. If you invite people to your house that don't know each other, for the first like probably half hour to an hour, you're going to have to be the entertainer. (laughs) That means you're going to have to start conversations. You're going to have to give connection points to most people so that they can start conversations on their own. But you're going to have to work the room a little bit to get the conversation going to a point where you can step away and check in on whatever you're serving for dinner without the room going completely quiet. So in community, it's the exact same thing. If you're starting from scratch, you need to think about, okay, for for a period anyways, I need to really focus on creating a solid content strategy that will help people and facilitate those conversations really easily. And it may be something that I need to con- con- to do long-term, Or it might be something that I go, okay, I need to like double down on it for the first little while until people pick up and I see people like raising their hand to volunteer to help. Um, Or it could be something that I just need to sustain. Do I have the bandwidth to do that? And does the bandwidth that I have to do this warrant the effort that I'm going to put into it Um, or the results that I get out of it? And if the answer is yes there, then that's another pretty good check mark that community might be a good thing for your business to build. Um, if the answer is no, I have limited time and I need this to work quickly and I need it to work on its own. Um, chances are that, you know, I, I, I never want to say 100% that it's not going to work because I always get proven wrong somewhere down the line. But chances are that your community won't be as successful and you'll end up either like spinning your wheels or just kind of building something that doesn't really serve you. So those, you know, while they're basic questions, they really help guide like if, if this is even in the realm of possibility for you. Mm. So, you know, say we've gone through our evaluation process, we've decided that we're going to build a community someplace in our business model. Mm -hmm. Um, are some of the kind of more important things to consider as we are looking towards building that community? So there are a couple of things that every community needs at its core. Um, and, you know, if you don't have those things, chances are you're going to start limping around. One of them um, is, you know, there needs to be some aspect of ritual to your community. And that always sounds ominous when I say it, but what I mean by that is there needs to be stuff that is happening on a regular basis that community members can count on and that become part of the identity of that community. Um, And that can be 
anything. And, you know, one of my favorite things is to get creative in this area so that communities don't end up all looking the same. But it could be things like having um, podcast interviews that get published on a regular basis or member Q&As or social nights or, you know, whatever you can think of that gather people for something on a regular basis. And it doesn't need to be weekly. It can be monthly. You know, you pick the 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 frequency at which you're doing those things. But that actually starts training people to know like, oh, on the third Thursday, we're always doing that thing. And then they can start counting on that and showing up for it. Um, so getting really clear on that is, is definitely one of the first things you need to do is like, what are the things that we are going to do on a repeated basis? Can they end up changing and morphing into something else? Absolutely. But rule number one, what is our schedule for lack of better word? I, that sounds really clinical, but, um, what are the things that we will be creating to gather people and to bring them together under one topic or one like kind of guided experience. The other one is content. So we talked a little bit about it when I was talking about the considerations of, of even building a community, whether you like it or not, creating content is part of your job as the leader of that community. Um, and your content and your rituals can absolutely intersect. So it could be, you know, I use the example of publishing a podcast, you're creating content for that. But the ritual could be that you're releasing it once a week, every Tuesday. Um, so you see how they start playing together and, and really start kind of shaping the whole experience of the community. The other thing um the other two things are a little bit more technical, but you need to define clearly what roles are available in that community. Um, both for yourself, you don't necessarily need to post it as a job, but like, what are the things that you do as the leader versus what are some of the things that once you bring on moderators, what are some of the things they can help you with? And what are some of the things that maybe you decide that there's a content creator um opportunity and what does that role look like and what is the role of the member in the whole thing um, and the reason you want to do that early is because you can then start looking within your community for helpers that are naturally willing to do those roles and step in um, and that serves a couple purposes one is it helps your most valued members feel valued um, and two is it starts alleviating the load on you as the community starts growing uh, and then the fourth element that I mentioned is just um, kind of rules of engagement. What does the community stand for? What will you not tolerate in the community? What is the space being held supposed to be? Um, they don't need to be super strict rules, but they definitely, you need to define like what is acceptable, what is not. Kind of just like when you invite people to your house for that dinner party, like you don't need to stand in front of the room and read them the rules when they come in, but there are things that you can emulate through your behavior and the things you stand behind and the way you intervene when things aren't going well that speak to what will be tolerated and not in that space. And I think you need to be clear on those those things in order for the community to even know how to operate. Um, you know, it's all about boundaries and 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 sending them really early. So I think those are the four like key pieces that start shaping that experience. Um, and that in terms of like, what am I creating and, and where do I want to bring people um, in terms of the, you know, the experience I'm offering, um, 
those are the four things that I would start with. And obviously there's always, you know, more, more nuance to it, but those at the core would be where I would start. Mm. Yeah. I was just, I think the word community has been commoditized by a lot of marketers really at this point. Um, you know, they, they seem to have figured out that putting people in a group and then marketing their services to those groups is a, is a good way to go. It's starting to not be a great way to go because people have caught on. Um, and really, I would argue that those are not really communities at that point. Those are just, you know, gathering an audience, you're building your theater and attracting people to it. And then using that space as a promotional tool. So you're still on stage, you're still on stage selling, even though you think that you've gathered people so that they can commune together. But really, at the end of the day, um, when you look at those groups, it's very clear that the intention is for people to be able to just talk about their services. And that's not if you're wanting to build community, that's just not the way to do it in your own business. Yeah, I think, um, I think it at least in my observation of having been in a lot of different communities and watching how the person curates the community, how mm -hmm. they create um, engagement, and it's, I, I think it's such a challenge really to create that true community feeling that like create engagement within the people in your community. And I think that's, um, yeah. at least from the outside looking in as a participant in communities, yeah. uh, for me, it's a real challenge in that there are some communities, like I said before, where I would never <laughs> leave yeah. the community because it's so valuable and the people that have been... Um, I'm not sure filter is necessarily the right word, but there have, there are clear filters set up before people join the community that yep. attract the right, the right kinds of people that sounds exclusive, but um, in a way that no, like but filtering I think... the right people out creates a unique space of really valuable insights. Yeah. And I think it goes back to that whole conversation we just had about boundaries and like content and like really thinking of the experience, um, you know, just like anyone would do with their own messaging. And, you know, we've heard it a million times. If you're speaking to everyone, you're speaking to no one in community. If you can be really clear about what the community is about, what the content you're offering is about and, and what you want to help people with that curation starts happening naturally because people opt in or opt out. And it's not a matter of being exclusive and not welcoming everyone, but it's like, do you want to have this conversation or are you better served somewhere else? Um, and I think if you do that right, that naturally starts happening. Yeah. I love kind of watching how people do that, um, especially the really successful ones that once you're in the community, you are there yeah. and everybody that you're there with you're like oh wow i can't believe i get to hang out with this person now the thing is is that people are getting really smart online like you know some of the mm -hmm. tactics that used to work just don't anymore because people have gotten smart to the fact that some of them are just there to get their attention mm -hmm. um and there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're being transparent about that um as opposed to like hiding it under the guise of hey, I'm building this community. And then you end up in the group. And you're like, actually, you're just talking about your stuff all the time. And there's no value for me. Like every answer is, well, I do that in my paid program, for instance. Or um, 
like it becomes really clear really fast that the the group is not built for the benefit of everyone who's in it and just built for the benefit of the person building it um you know and we've all had our examples of of different tactics that have just been used in the wrong way and i think that's that's one thing i mean building a community in itself is not a bad thing it's um it's just this idea that some people just use it for the wrong intention um and that's where where things start getting hairy but i would say that from any type of marketing tactic from like Mm -hmm. list building to webinar to anything else like there's people using it really well and then there are people that are really taking advantage of the medium for things that are not as great uh yeah i i absolutely um agree with it and i think you know there was kind of a phase of digital courses being (laughs) that magical thing. And it seems like community is now having its heyday of this is something that you should do. And you know, all the big people are doing it. And it's it's a great way to go about it. But I think it's also something where as a business owner, you really need to question, um, is this the right choice for you for how you want to work for the kind of business that you want to run? because running a community is a really different business than uh, consulting with clients one-to-one. Like it's just a different structure. It's your day-to-day is gonna be different. Um, What your team looks like is gonna be different. And I think those are important considerations when you're thinking about um, community or really any other like additional revenue stream is, you know, is this gonna take me in a direction that is helpful to the people that I'm working with um and also is it the kind of business that I actually want to be running day to day yeah yeah and I think with community especially like there needs to be a piece of you that says I'm building this for other people Mm -hmm. it's it doesn't need like with any relationship it's not 100% I'm building this for other people but there needs to be a component in it of you saying you know I really want this experience to add value to other people's lives just as much as it adds to my business um and and if you can actually find that balance that's where the magic can really happen Mm. We've talked a whole bunch about different (laughs) aspects here, Um, but is there anything you think that we should talk about or touch on that we haven't talked about yet? Yeah, I think um, for me anyways, when I'm looking at either starting a community from scratch or helping someone kind of rethink and reshape the experience that they're offering, um, one of the most surprising parts and where we actually spend the most of our time is in really defining the transformation you want to be creating for people. And the common answer that I get at that point is, no, but I want people to stay forever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is like, yeah, we all do. But the reality of it is, is that in order to create that value exchange we were talking about at the beginning, you need to be able to be clear on like where your role starts and ends in their journey, either as a business person or as an artist, depending on what type of community you you're creating. But like, what is that thing? Like when people are entering the community, what are they singing, thinking, doing, and feeling like, where are they at? And once they exit, and that could be in years from now, but once they're no longer getting value from the community, how are they leaving? 
What kind of person are they when they leave? And then in between, what milestones can are they going through in general? Obviously, you're kind of speaking to your, your average person, but what are some of the milestones they typically go through on that journey that you can actually help facilitate? And the reason I do that is because that actually helps you define what rituals and content you need to be offering. It also helps you define what kind of people you need as helpers. Um, and getting really clear on that transformation, it makes it a million times easier for you as the leader of that community to start making decisions when it's time to say, do we add this thing or do we not? Do we need to change this thing? Um, you know, what do we need to offer to keep people engaged and keep offering value so that they, they feel like this is a space for them? Um, and people skip that step really often. Like they just think, okay, here's my community, here are my rituals, here are my content, and let's go. (laughs) (laughs) But what ends up happening when they do that is they end up throwing a lot of spaghetti against the wall. Um, They end up, you know, testing and retesting what kind of content works and not work. And there's nothing wrong with testing. But sitting down and really getting clear on that transformation can eliminate a lot of that testing round, just by getting clear on like, what do people even like, where are they at? And where, what are they going through? And it can really transform what you end up offering. Um, I can give you a concrete example of that. I worked with a community once that um, had uh, a learning platform. And then they had obviously the community where people could ask questions and connect and share their work and whatever else. And um, it was for a design community. They um, were struggling with Um, attrition in the community. So they were losing more members than they were gaining. And they were wondering why. And once we started thinking about the transformation, doing a little bit of like user interviews to find out what people were thinking, what we found out is that the content they were offering was not organized in a way that people could make sense of it. So people would log into the learning platform and be like, where do I start? And they would miss half of the value that was being offered in the community. So our job then became not necessarily what do we create is how do we organize things and how do we curate what's being offered in a way that helps them. And what we ended up doing to help the community is really just rearranging their content in tracks Uh, based on the journey. So we found out that um, users in this particular community were entering because they wanted to start learning Photoshop and they were leaving as um, design firm owners and, and successful business owners. So we just organized things in tracks saying, hey, here's the beginner track where all the Photoshop courses were. And then the more advanced tracks had more like, here's how you run a business. Here's how you set up your studio. Here's how you hire people. Um, and within a year that like the the vibe in the community totally changed and the attrition rate completely reversed. They started gaining more members than they were losing. Um, and that wasn't a matter of reinventing. It was just a matter of getting clear on where were people at when they're joining and giving them that first, um, which then in the community itself prompted much better conversations and, and discussions. And that's how like you were asking me earlier of where community can fit into the business. 
that's how they work together. Sometimes it's a matter of tweaking the information they have access to in order to generate conversation in the community. And sometimes it's vice versa. Um, but getting clear on that transformation that I was talking about is, is where those decisions come in and where you can make them a lot easier. Hmm. I love that. Okay. I think that's a great place to wrap it up on. Um, where can our listeners find you if they want to connect or learn more about what you do? Yeah, the be- two best places. One is my website, and that's clickworthy.com with C-L-I-Q-U-E. Um, or if they want to connect with me personally, I tend to hang out on LinkedIn these days so they can find me there. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing your expertise with us. This is I took a ton of notes personally, <laughs> super <laughs> valuable. Um, so I appreciate you coming and sharing, sharing with us here. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Ultimately, deciding whether or not a community is right for your business is up to you. Maybe it totally makes sense and you can create a really valuable experience for your customers. I've been part of some amazing communities and I credit a lot of my business success to the stuff that I learned in them and the friends that I made. But it's also a really different business than offering one-to-one services. So make sure you take into consideration what the day-to-day of running a community actually looks like. My favorite point that Sophie made is to think about the transformation you wanna create in your customers and clients and to start there. Maybe delivering that transformation as a community is important. Or maybe for your customers, another method of delivery is actually better. Next week, I'm talking to an entrepreneur who actually made this shift from one-to-one work to creating a community, Margie Thomas. We'll talk about what drove her decision to switch business models and how she approached creating her community. So make sure you hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player so you don't miss it. Break the Ceiling is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode is edited by Marty Seafeld with production assistance by Kristen Rundvik. <laughs>